Hi, this is Chris Searles, founder and director of BioIntegrity. I'm actually doing a fundraising podcast, and I want to start off by thanking Anne-Marie Thomas, Jane Lorimore, and Linda Miller-Roth for their donations last week. I was very happily surprised by their support, and so we're already close to being 10% of the way to the fundraising goal, and I'm very grateful to the three of them for their support over the years. In this pitch, as it were, I, I just want to make the pitch at the very beginning and then talk about something that I think is really important in an era of intensifying climate crisis and numerous social crises. And that is the idea that we need something we agree on, that we can all agree on. And um, I'll come back to that in just a moment. In terms of the pitch, what we're hoping to do this month for BioIntegrity is increase the monthly revenue by a thousand dollars and that would mean if everyone that's on the mailing list and and following the content that gets presented that way were to put in a cup of coffee a month uh, we'd be there and then some which would mean an awful lot to establishing better footing to get into this next phase that gets back to the idea of we need something we all agree on and i talk about this in a piece I published through allcreation.org uh, a couple of weeks ago called Biospheric Philosophy, which I'm going to focus on next week. In terms of something we can agree on, I think the, uh, the heart of the environmental solution is actually this convergence. And so in this recently published piece, I talk about, uh, called Biospheric Philosophy on allcreation.org, I talk about life support system philosophy and how that's absent. Life it's, is absent in the philosophies and economics of today. It's very physical and material. And so there's more detail in that, that article. But our greatest common value is clearly the life support system, the only life support system in the known universe. And what's amazing is that even now, as we enter into this era of unprecedented global drought crisis, we've really moved into, as of you know, May 2021, it kind of became official that we were living in an era of a broken climate system. And so the, the incredible drought that's happening in the Pacific Northwest and the Southwest of the United States and in Southwestern Canada is just a small portion of the drought that's happening on Earth at the moment. And... Um, you can see that in the Global Drought Monitor image uh, for the end of June. So it, as we enter into this era of, of living in ever worsening climate extremes, we need to think in decades. We need to think in terms of the next eight years and then the next 10 years after that, the 2030s, and then the next 10 years after that, the 2040s, in terms of how we respond to these climate crises, and I think numerous other social crises. So scientifically speaking, we've done so much damage to the life support system of our planet that we have to regrow its stability. That is emphatically clear. And we have to transition out of the economic models that destroy the life support system's literal physical material and biophysical makeup. So the next eight years, the rest of this decade, should be focused on successful paradigm change because the paradigm that we have right now economically is that nature is background noise 
and that's very much not the case. So we need to initiate and update our current way of life, which effectively means recognizing and embracing the necessity of maximizing and optimizing, in all caps, our only life support systems integrity. This is the next eight years most important, I think, singular goal for the environmental community. And we need to engage this simple mission of protecting, regrowing, and integrating the wilderness continuum that has been on Earth for over four billion years. And that is the most reliable resource we have when it comes to how we respond to the climate crisis and the other social crises of our time. Especially because, not just its track record, but it's the most important priority for our own quality of life and our own ability to continue. So it's the best response to the climate crisis, to the biodiversity extinction crisis, to the biosphere collapse crisis that is looming, to the future of food crisis that will precede biospheric collapse in terms of how we experience it, but this could be right around the corner now, to poverty, to extreme weather events. You know, regrowing biospheric integrity or the wilderness continuum, regrowing that actually reduces the incidence of extreme weather because it creates microclimate which reduces the incidence of drought and uh, high heat days or temperature extreme days. The greater the biomass in terms of biodiverse integrated living things, the greater the microclimate. And the greater the microclimate, the greater the ability to avert macroclimate disasters. Some things in the climate system are broken to the degree where they have extreme scale, like what we're seeing in Canada right now. But some things can be averted, um, especially through the fluctuations of, a, of given, a given year or a given period of time without extreme, extreme crisis. So ecosystems and wilderness continuum can reduce the incidence of extreme weather. It also mitigates its impacts in a variety of ways. And it also creates resilience and rapid recovery to extreme weather events because life wants to live. Life comes back. We've got over 4 billion years of that history to appreciate. It's also the best way to eliminate drought and water shortages, the best way to improve water and air quality. Uh, and those concerns that are in some parts of the world are already at extreme crisis level, uh, India and China in particular. So zooming all the way back out, there's a lot of content to present inside of that, and there are only good reasons for optimizing Earth's biointegrity. And this is really the reason that I'm asking for your support, is so that biointegrity can increase its resources to create more content, higher quality educational content. That's what we want to do. We want to be an educational resource to people. We want to be a, an agent of culture change. So there is a right response to the climate crisis. It's biospheric integrity, maximizing biosphere Earth's ability to continue. And so that means restoring wilderness integrity at micro to macro scale and doing it globally uh, at strate in strategic ways so that it benefits the climate system, i.e. protecting the vital organ ecosystems first. But in the biggest picture, this is our number one common interest, the life support system. And how we pay for it is a long answer, 
but that's more content as well. But I think we start with recognizing that that solution has more facets of benefit to it than any other at greater scale. And then we make a rational and logical ask with demand being certainly the foundation of that ask that the world's wealthiest entities, those who have the greatest amount of employable resources, you could say the 0.1%. By the way, I talk about in the last Lunch and Learn, number eight, called Biointegrity 2.0. If you took just the world's billionaires, net worths, and the top 100 companies at the end of 2020 and took 5% of their combined resources, it would be something like $4.7 trillion, so nearly $5 trillion. And the case that we want to make is that $5 trillion invested into the only known life support system is not too much to ask of these entities, which are both individuals and institutions. Any single one of us could do 5% of our net worth towards saving the life support system and transitioning the economy into a regenerative model. So, you know, in reality for these sort of entities, you know, a billionaire might have to give up a couple of houses. It's like uh, $50 million. Um, those are extra houses though. This is kind of like if you had to give up a garden shed or some tools and an extra bike, you know, these are not things you can't, you have to have. So there's a lot to say about um, the wealth piece as well. And, um, and I think we make that into a, a reasonable campaign that is about paradigm change um, and culture change. And so biointegrity is, I think, as the steward of it right now, biointegrity, the organization, is about helping to usher in this era of universal agreement and expectation that it's the responsibility and the opportunity, the extreme opportunity of the wealthiest among us, the most, those with the most resources, for them to rescue and optimize our planetary life support system and to advance humanity through this investment in biospheric rescue and innovation in the next 20 years so that within the next 30 years we're achieving uh, an optimal future for the life support system on this planet. And we have managed our way out of the climate crisis and refugee crises that result from that and other human, urgent human concerns through this focus on the life support system. The best response to these wicked problems and emergencies is this prioritization of the thing that we all agree on. And that's the continuation of the only life support system. The science shows us where to focus. Indigenous people show us how to focus. I will talk about those details and more in part two of this podcast. I hope you will donate soon so that we can start to build a bigger team and lead with this message. And then build new audiences and new demographics for living in the life support system paradigm. To donate, you can just go to the website, biointegrity.net, and there's a big donate button near the top. Or you can uh, click the link that's in the email here. And I appreciate your interest and your support and your heart of concern and your intelligence 
and ability to imagine a new future all being involved in biointegrity. Thanks so much.